What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not About Wrestling. I'm your host, Chris Luminati, and today I'm starting things off differently. Normally, I do the canned intro where it's me talking about the wrestler that I'm going to talk to that day, and I, I type up this nice little thing, and I start talking about them, and it always sounds so canned and ridiculous to me. I'm Maybe other people like it. So today, I decided to bring on a friend of mine. This is Stephanie Bowen. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I love your intros before. So I don't know. I don't know why you needed to pull me on, but it's fine. You know, like you got to <laughs> experiment. You yeah, know? I mean, you got to switch things up. Also, there's another reason I had you on and we talked about it. But we can talk about that in a minute. Yeah, uh, but okay. I, I wanted to kind of change it up. And I was like, well, let me just talk to another wrestling fan for a couple minutes and kind of mm-hmm. like pick their wrestling brain. But, you know, normally I pick a wrestler's brain. Now I'm going to pick a, a fan's brain. Yeah, just just a, you, just a fan. <laughs> are you are you just one just one fan? Yeah, just just me singular. A fan, a fan with a I don't know if it's a framed Colt Cabana picture behind her. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it is not framed. It is signed. Like the okay. funny thing about that is, uh, over the holidays I bought a bunch of uh, shirts on pro wrestling tees. And I got it and it said on the package, like, do not bend. I was like, I didn't order anything that would require that notification on or that sticker on a box. So I open it up and it's just like a random signed photo of Cole Cabana included in my order. That's, so, ama- that's amazing. So uh, shout I've- out to Pro Wrestling Tees or Colt just shoving his uh, signature and photo in every single package. I absolutely feel like Colt just shoved his picture. Like he's at <laughs> so, yeah, there. So, <laughs> uh-huh. I felt it was appropriate to, to throw back there with myself. Uh, what's your most prized wrestling possession? So, I mean, I don't have a lot of possessions okay. per se. I mean, you can literally everything back there is all I have. That's so I got all my everything rock. you own is behind you. That's everything. Three books that have been purchased in the past month. Uh, one to your recommendation, mm-hmm. the too sweet. Um, I got, and then of course the young bucks killing business. And then the other one, hold on, let me grab it. If I don't knock everything else down. Yeah, please don't. Is the comic book story of professional wrestling. Is that the the uh, Aubrey Sitterson one? Yes. Yes, I know Aubrey too. Yes. So okay. this, um, yeah, my friend got it for Christmas and told me that I absolutely needed to read it. We've talked before, you and I, this kind of probably leads to something else you're going to ask. Yeah, well, I want to know um, how many other female friends do you have or wrestling fans? Zero. Okay. No, okay. that's that's not true. Okay. So one, technically, because she's <laughs> the one, <laughs> just one singular. Uh, she's the one who got me into wrestling, actually. Okay. And so h- how did she do that? What was the gateway drug? Uh, it, her boyfriend was having a party for the Royal Rumble in, gosh, I just looked up to see what date this was, 2012. Okay. So I went over not knowing what to expect. I mean, I, I knew what WWE was and everything, but I never watched it. It wasn't something that I grew up with. So 
I went over there. It's like a bunch of the guys all stoked us sitting on the couch and then we're watching and to see them like pop for surprise entrance or like just screaming at the top of their lungs, like the energy just sold me. So I'm like, okay, I'm committed to this now. So from there, just a weekly, a weekly watcher now. And now you're, uh, you, you, you went from a person who just randomly went to a party to watch a Royal Rumble to a person who now has to worry about uh, a NFL playoff game and a pay-per-view at the same time. And you said you were going to just watch it on your phone yeah. while you watch the game. You become yeah. that person. Yeah. The, the Steelers ruin everything. Uh, I'm a Ravens fan. So mm. our game happened to fall Saturday night at the exact same time as Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. which I have been looking forward to was going to have friends over for it. Now we're all doing separate things for Ravens games. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to be that person at my sister's house on the couch with hard to kill on my phone while watching the game at the same time. Uh, well, you have two options. You could either watch the pay-per-view or you can, t- you can uh, scroll through Twitter and see what's going on at the pay-per-view, which might be worse. Yeah, I don't I don't want to do that. I would rather see it. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get through this. If I don't watch Hard to Kill live, I would watch it immediately afterwards. But I would have to avoid all spoilers on Twitter. And I'm watching football games. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Even if you so, try. No. So it's funny you say that though, because one of my good friends uh is on um 98 Rock are Uh, morning show here in Baltimore. And he has to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning to get to the station to do the morning show. So he misses, he's a huge wrestling fan too. I've gone to a bunch of shows with him and we text every week about wrestling. So he somehow avoids any spoiler because he doesn't watch dynamite at night. He goes to bed at like seven, eight o'clock. So he's in bed before anything. But he has every possible word muted on Twitter so that he gets no spoilers. He knows nothing. How long does that take? I don't know. I'm sure it's built up over a certain period of time. But I mean, just to hop on Twitter and mute stuff. There's a lot of work into that because, okay, you have to constantly update it. Because let's say you don't update it. And then two weeks ago, you don't mute Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then Snoop Dogg doing a horrific splash off the top rope. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Have you seen that he's now been made into a meme where he's jumping off things? Yes. Like, like he jumped Amazing. off the hell the in the internet, cell. The internet always wins. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. You know what I thought was going to be a bigger meme too? It was for like a, a day and I haven't seen it pop up since uh, when Brandy threw the water on Shaq. And he just had that wet look and he just like looked at the camera and his face was like dripping with water. Yes. Like I thought that was going to get memed more than it did, but it, it didn't. I think it may be one of those ones that makes a return later on. It's like a gif. Yeah. Later I've, down the road where people I've, don't know what it's from. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like it's going to be more of a meme like basketball season because it's Shaq. Like it won't be used as a wrestling meme. It'll be used as a basketball meme. Yes. With Shaq, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. People that are using it will have no idea where that, where it came from. They're not going to look for the origin and know that it came from a wrestling show on TV. Like. I I feel like people can't recognize 90% of where 
like gifs and memes come from. That's true. I they know what the meme means. Know. Yeah, they know what the meme means, but they don't know where it came from. Yeah, exactly. That's very true. Which one do you use the most that you have no idea where it comes from? I don't know. There's 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 one that I use all the time, but I know it's from like a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the little girl that lays down on the sand and just says, I take a nap right here. Oh, that's, that, okay. that's just like me for my entire life. So the one I use, or constantly- I use ones from, I use uh, Michelle Tanner a lot too. But we know where that's from. Exactly. So there's, I don't think there's a lot that I use that I don't know where it's from. The one that I use a lot you? that I have no idea is the guy going, pointing to his head. Oh, that's true. I don't know where that's from either. No idea where that's from. That's going to bug me. I'm going to look it up. I also don't know what Denzel Washington movie it's from when he goes. Yeah, no, I would. I'm terrible with movies. So, so movies are probably ones that I'm using that I just don't have any idea. Yeah. I don't, those, I don't know, but that's okay. I mean, we can't know everything. Yeah. No, here's what I do know. So the reason that you're on today is not just to talk wrestling, but it's because uh, I got to introduce, I got to introduce, yeah. I got to interview uh, Deanna Perrazzo from Impact. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she only had like 20 minutes. So I only mm-hmm. got to do a 20 minute interview. Well, that's what happens when you're on a pay-per-view and have limited press time. She's all over the place. I've seen her just on interview after interview. Yeah, well, I mean, we know I'm the most important. So I, I thought maybe I, I would get 21 minutes, maybe. I know, you didn't have me there to, to push for you. That's so, what I'm thinking. But yeah. I have you here now, and now is where I'm going to talk to you about the interview <laughs> before we go on. Cause I was like, who's gonna listen to a 20 minute podcast? But I thought if you and I kind of talked for a little bit, cause I wasn't gonna read a 20 minute long intro. No. God knows that's no. No, no <laughs> one wants that. Move? <laughs> no one wants that. No. I would listen to that. But you know, who, you know who wants that? My cat, because he's the only person here. Oh yeah, and he likes to hear me talk. Yeah, Especially your kids about. would be like, "Dad, stop!" Oh please, I couldn't do it around my kids. <laughs> no, oh, God, who, are you, who are you talking to? Why are you talking at a screen? Why do you have your headphones on? Who's Danhausen? Actually, they know who Danhausen is. <laughs> I love Danhausen. Yeah, so I do too, and so do they. And every time I have an interview now, my daughter goes, are you talking to Danhausen? And I'm like, you can only interview a person once every while in a while. She doesn't really know what interview means. Yeah. Seven. She's so just she like, thinks, he's your, he's your co-host, right? Yeah. <laughs> she, she thinks we're on like a talk show and every week I just talk to Danhausen. Yeah. Which would be great. That would be amazing. But you know, well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there. I like you so far as a co-host. Okay, cool. Danhausen's I mean, good, I'm here. But, Thanks. Yeah. So Deanna and I talk about, we talk about a bunch of things in the 20 minutes, but one of the things we talk about a lot because I'm kind of a geek for it and I mention it is I love wrestling belts. Mm -hmm. And this comes from like childhood loving wrestling belts because unlike you and your spoiled generation that has everything. You sound like such an old man right now. I'm super old. And I'm going to tell you that we had nothing. We had nothing. We had Hogan phone fingers and we had terrible shirts and maybe a program or two, and the dumb weightlifting Hulkamania set, and that was it. That's all we had. And you guys have belts and figures and everything. Anyway, my little rant here is that I didn't have belts as a kid, so I would have to make my own belts. You made your own belts? Yes, and here's how I did it. 
uh, I realized I was not good at wood or anything like that. So I was a pretty good drawer. So I would buy those giant poster boards from like, you know, Kmart or whatever, the giant white poster boards. The one, the like foam ones? No, no, no. Like poster boards. Like a... Yeah. Like you've got a school project. Yeah. But sometimes you had the ones that were like thicker that you could do. They didn't let me have exacto knives. No, I mean, that <laughs> That would have been. Okay. I'm, I'm going to listen. Go. They didn't let me have butter knives. Why would they let me have an exacto <laughs> knife? Someone could have cut it out for you. And then you could have just, I was home you could have like drawn the design. I was You're going to have one. I want one next week. I want you to draw a belt to, to show up with one. I with will the, absolutely. The and I will, I will tell you my three favorites. To, I was like three favorites to draw <laughs> in it, but I'll tell you how I used to do this. Okay. So, yes. Here's what I would do. So I would take, and I would find pictures of the belt and then I would draw the belt to scale, to fit my body. And then I would color it all in markers. I would do marker crayon and sometimes colored pencil. Like if I was getting frisky. Oh, fancy. Go go crazy. And then I would cut it out. So it was not just the face of the belt, but also the side. And then I would make it big enough so it looked like the side of the belt. So I would take that and I'd make it long enough so that it almost fit around my waist. And then cut cut that out, flip it over. I would take my actual belts like that I would put in pants and I'd put them on the other side of the belts. And then I would tape that to the back of do you see why you're spoiled like you guys just bought belts and i'm sitting here etsying a belt together so i would take the belt and i would tape it to the other side and then you had it was like an actual belt like you could strap it on behind you and it would stay on except i always went with over the shoulder slung it over the shoulder held did interviews in the mirror holding the belt so what was the point of attaching it to your actual belt if you just never wore it that was when i was walking to the ring I had it around me, but when okay. I'm doing interviews, Naturally. I'm standing in the mirror holding the belt. Yeah, of course. So top three favorite belts of all time to draw. Number three, I'll go bottom up. I, okay. Drum roll, you want to drum roll? Drum roll, yeah. Right. Well, let's wait till we get to one. Let's not go crazy yet. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 no. Three, uh, the WCW television title. Okay. The red and silver one. See, See, this is where you kind of lose me a little bit. Yeah. No, only because I am such a new fan that I'm still learning past history. I'm, I'm going to have you educate me in the future on what matches I need to watch, but I Are may you, pull these up on the computer as you say them. Well, I'm going to magically put it into our Are video gonna, as we're oh, talking. Okay. There you go. So it's right. <laughs> it's right where <laughs> we just, yeah, it's right. As we were talking, it was showing. And yes. I, and I was, so that's the, that's the television title. Okay. My second favorite is the um, United States Heavyweight Championship, which is also WCW, NWA, you know, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And my all-time favorite, which looks not similar now, but the past couple of years, it did look the same. The old uh, WWF, WWE Intercontinental title. Okay. The one made famous by like Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat, that type of Intercontinental belt. Which they brought back for a little bit. Like I think Daniel Bryan had it for a while and a lot of guys had it. And then until they recently replaced it with the one that like uh Big E has now and Sammy and those. Yeah. So I will put magically in the magic of video, I will magically I know. impose the yeah. pictures. So I talked to Deanna because she is right now the impact champion. And I asked her if she ever like forgot the belt. And so we're talking and I was and 
I've interviewed other people before who are champions and I've always been like, you know, do you have the belt? And they're like, mm, no, you fanboy. But she was like, yeah. And like dipped underneath her desk and pulls out the belt. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that was awesome. And she's like, yeah, I have it for interviews. And I'm like, perfect. And then she tells me that she has, I don't want to talk about the whole interview before we get to it, but she has right. like a replica made. But one of her biggest fears is forgetting the belt. Is pulling a Jericho. Yes. Well, not losing it in like a Texas <laughs> Longhorn Steakhouse, which now that we know the recent Jericho, like that's such a Jericho place to eat. Like, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it like a Texas surprised. Longhorn or something? I it, I don't know. It was a steakhouse it was somewhere. It was a chain steakhouse. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. So she's afraid. So she has. She's in, has. She even had a replica made. That makes sense. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't trust myself to carry around the real one. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I fanboyed out on belts and I, you know, wanted to get your opinion how, how you feel about belts. Did, did you tell her that you used to make belts though? I'm pretty sure I did. Pretty That's sure. I didn't, I didn't go as like deep into no. it as I did with you. Like, no, I, but I when it. she watches this interview, she's going to find out and then she's going to be like, uh, I, I'm it's gonna honored. Be amazing. I'm honored. Do you think she'd watch this interview? <laughs> Also, I only had like 18 to 20 minutes. I wasn't going to like dazzle her for 15 minutes with my recreation of how I did belts when I was 10. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't waste, waste that time. That, that would be, then the show would really not be about wrestling. It would be about my <laughs> right skills yeah. as a child making Art belts. skills. Yes. One, I need you, I do need you to find a photo somewhere of that. Of me holding the belts? Yeah. Do you have photos of your... <sighs> Did they have film back then? Yeah, a dinosaur came and etched it on a stone. <laughs> uh, if anyone would have those photos, it was always at my grandmother's house. My aunt slash grandmother, my aunt and grandmother lived on. I said aunt slash grandmother, like that's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> my aunt and grandmother lived together. Yeah, okay. So what I meant was like my aunt would probably have something like that if that picture does exist. Mm-hmm. I don't think it does because I feel like I would have seen it by now. You would think. See, it's much different. Like back that you just didn't snap pictures. Like we didn't have phones in our pockets. So like, you'd have to like, yeah. Make the, make the thumb, you know, clicking noise with it. We didn't like, and I didn't sit there in my aunt's room in the middle of summer, like taking selfies of myself. I don't think the belt exists. I will draw okay, okay. a new belt. I'll draw yeah. a new belt. Yeah, I really want you to draw a new one. Um, So sorry to go back to what you were asking about belts. I don't even know what you asked again. Well, you wanted me to make a list of the belts or the matches. Oh, no, not that. I'm talking about what you just asked me after you were talking about the Deanna's belt. Oh, uh, I was asking you uh, what your favorite belts were. What mine are. Um, of all of them, I have to lean towards um, the IWGP belts. Okay. Um, because of the history with them. Because on the sides, they have all of the champions etched on them. So it really feels like it means something like you are carrying a belt that has the names of every other champion on it. Mm -hmm. So like it's like Stanley cup. Yeah, exactly. 
So it, it just seems like it actually means something compared to some of the other ones, like a WWE one that is just a big marketing tool for them to sell to children. Cause you felt with those, like, I mean, you're looking at the WWE one, it's their logo. Like it's just mm-hmm. taking up the entire thing. Champion is like so tiny. Yeah. So. Well, that's why I think belts don't really mean that much anymore. Having the belt. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, but I mean, they still, uh, I mean, they still serve a purpose to. Do they? Mm-hmm. The belt. Are we talking the belt itself? I mean, it. Here's here's what ruins it for me, and I think ruins it for them, and they'll never change this. How mm-hmm. can there? How, and I'm just talking WWE right here. Right. How can there be two champions? Yeah, how's the, yeah. how's there two world champions? One universal champion. One champ. No. Yeah, that one I've never understood. Like there's, if there's you're one. talking different classes, like in other ones where you're talking heavyweight and junior or whatever, yeah. like the IWGP, it makes sense. Yes. But yeah, that I don't imagine I don't if the know. imagine in the NFL, if like let's just say it was last year and the Chiefs were like, we're the Super Bowl champions. And then another team was like, we're the super duper bo- super bowl champions. <laughs> super duper. You know, it's like, like well, we we're... didn't win this game, but we won yeah. that. We won the play. Like, what if the Super Bowl runner-up started like that started being a thing like the runner-up is just as big as no you lost yeah it's as if you would just like kind of stop at the AFC and NFC championship yeah yeah and, and then like we not never go knew. further than that you're like no nah, <laughs> yeah. you guys are both great yeah uh, but those those teams play each other once a year at a pay-per-view but belts don't change hands or anything they just wrestle each other for bragging rights for a day just for funsies yeah uh yeah I get that I see that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I talked to Deanna about the belt and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a fun little interview, short little interview. And uh, I hope everyone likes it as much as our belt talk here. Um, I had fun. Will you come on again? Yeah, absolutely. If you have me. Yeah. You haven't scared me away yet. You know what I feel like we should do? Maybe let's do like every once in a while thing. Like I make you watch a match. Yes, please. Can we talk about it? Yeah, I would I would love to do that. I I really do. And that's actually why I got this comic book story professional wrestling book mm-hmm. so I can really learn uh about stuff and and know what are big important matches that I just need to know as a fan. Sometimes I won't even show you big important matches. Sometimes I'll just say this was fun, watch this. Okay, that too. Like but I'm I obviously you- need like the major ones. Like yeah, that well, yeah. people talk about all the time that I probably still haven't seen. Yeah. Because I'm just so wrapped up in everything now. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you homework. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I'll, do, right. I'll, I'll make time for it. Teach. So uh, <laughs> here's my talk with Deanna. What's up, everybody? We're back, and with us is the Knockouts champion. You know, Deanna, you have your when you add the virtuosa to your name. I mean, I'm Italian; I can barely say it. How do you get it all out in one mouthful? Well, it's my ever-growing resume. You just have to nail it every time. Um, it's hard. 
the two-time knockouts champion, the first ever Iron Woman of Impact Wrestling, knockout of the year, wrestler of the year, the virtuosa, Deanna Perrazzo. Now, you sound like you practiced that. Did you practice No, on the fly. On the fly? On the, okay. <laughs> so I've talked to a bunch of other people and they always say, no matter what anybody tells you about promos or anything they say, there's never anything just off the cuff. Like they've thought of stuff in their head probably for hours. Is that true? Yeah, um, I feel like I definitely have like bullet points when I'm, you know, going to the ring to do um, like a live thing or, uh, you know, talking to you now. Like I know what my resume is, that, you know, so it's kind of like um, if I'm being authentic to who I am, I can kind of just pick and choose off the top of my head what I think works and not because at the end of the day, the virtuosa is just an extension of who Deanna Perrazzo really is. Guy, have you ever just drawn a blank? Oh yeah, and it's so funny. <laughs> um, so obviously we're doing these these uh, you know close set studio tapings, and um, you know I just did that that in the ring with Taya Valkyrie, and my my first bit was just me and Kim in the ring and I completely just like spaced and I started singing and um everyone in production was just laughing made fun of me all weekend but um you know it's, it's your ability to make a mistake and then get right back on the ball two seconds later so um you know I, I'm never gonna say I don't make mistakes because we all do and I'm a human um but to be able to bounce back is is what makes a champion that's that's very true. Now uh, I'm wearing this hat especially for you. I don't know if you can see it. I can <laughs> because we're both from the Garden State of Hell New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, this is what I, I one question I had written down for you because it just kind of dawned on me maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I can or people from New Jersey can bash the state all they want, but if someone from outside does, like I get mad. I don't know about you. Yeah. I feel like I've just accepted the fact that we're like the most hated state in the country and I thrive off of it. I love it because that is just kind of who we are as a, as New Jerseyans. We hate everyone else too. So um, they might as well hate us equally. So we're like the heel state. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody loves us in the summertime. Right. Yeah. yeah. And everyone loves our food. And you know what? We, we do bring a lot to the table as a state. Um, but we have a bad rap and I'm totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get this one? Um, you don't really have a New Jersey accent, why not? Yes, because I, I don't think that I do, um, mm. unless I get like mad and then I start yelling and cursing and whatever and it comes out, but I do get that a lot and it's just kind of like, okay, and <laughs> do you want my Jersey attitude? Because I can give you that. <laughs> well, there, there is a Jersey attitude, but here's my feeling on the Jersey accent thing. So I think a lot of people mistake it for, depending where you're at in New Jersey, if you're Northern Jersey, it's actually like a New York kind of accent. And if you're South yeah. Jersey, it's actually kind of a Philly thing. So it's not really quite our accent. It's us, it's people who've infiltrated from other states kind of that make us talk like that. Yeah, I agree. And I actually, what's interesting is I have a nephew who is in the New Jersey school system and they're actually teaching the proper way to speak. So instead of mm -hmm. being like talk and walk and water and whatever, like they're trying to take that out of the way um, the next generation speaks. So it's mm -hmm. interesting. Did, did anybody in the locker room ever give you like crap for saying water or water? Or... Always. Really? Always. <laughs> Coffee <laughs> and water and yeah. <laughs> Is that the one that always gets people? That seems like the one that always gets people. Yeah, I think I think those like coffee and water are like the biggest things. But then like I say like mozzarella or prosciutto or um, 
you know, like the Italian foods, I say mm-hmm. the way that like my grandma pronounced them and the way that I was taught growing up. But uh, I get a lot of crap for that for my friends because everyone else calls it mozzarella and calamari. Yeah. And I have to like double take and, and stop and be like, oh, I'll have the calamari, please. <laughs> like instead of, oh, I'll have the calamari. So it's kind of hard, you know. <laughs> See, I blame Giada for that. Yeah, okay. Because she would just talk regular English and then be like, mozzarella, and it just kind of like got to people. Because my right. parent, my family does the same thing. Yeah. And then like, so when you do it, I was with, a, with my dad at a restaurant recently and he said something, I forget what it was. And like the waitress who was like 16 or 17 just like blankly stared at him. Like he just asked for, I don't even know, like a just the weirdest thing ever. And I was like, I had to explain what it was in like the English terms. Yeah, so even though like I say prosciutto um, is not much different than prosciutto, but when I ordered it at the deli counter the other day, I was making like a big charcuterie board and uh, the guy, it was a young guy, he had no idea. And I was like, the prosciutto, please. <laughs> like, um, and it's just so funny how it gets lost in translation, but it all literally means the same thing. You're really good at the words because charcuterie is one that gets past me like all the time. I'm like, cheese plate. <laughs> It's a cheese, like I know what it's called, but I'm like, cheese yeah. plate. <laughs> I asked specifically for a charcuterie board for Christmas. So that's, it's been in my vocabulary like every week since. <laughs> gotcha. So uh, let's go back to your nickname. Um, you obviously came up with the nickname of the Virtuosa. How did that come about? Yeah, when I was, um, you know, just kind of starting in Ring of Honor, they were like, your name's great, but you need something else. And I went through all the basics, the technician, the mechanic, I tried the architect for a little bit, but um, you know, Seth Rollins was kind of using that. So they wanted me to stay away from that. And when I was looking at Italian translations of all of these words, virtuosa or, or virtuoso was one of them. And at the time I was kind of like, it's hard to say if you don't say it right, it kind of sounds weird, I don't know. But let's give it a try because I have nothing better. And um, it just kind of stuck since then. The fans, even without an explanation or without character development, kind of just understood what I was nodding at. Um, and yeah, it just stuck with me since. When you come up with something like that, do you have to like kind of, you write it down, you kind of look at it. Do you like picture it? Okay, well, how would that look on a shirt? How's that going to look on my gear? Like you kind of picture it that way? Now I now 100% like I would do nothing if I didn't think it would look good and make a good t-shirt or or make good stickers or make good merch but back then I was just kind of like I don't know what I'm doing and I'm still (laughs) figuring myself out and it was kind of like um, if if it failed and it didn't work then at least that was one thing I tried and now I know Um, but it was just something that always stuck and uh, everyone kind of seemed to get it and then as I started to put it on stuff you know I have um, a font that I use that Virtuosa always gets written in, whether it's on my on my gear or my jackets or on my t-shirts. Um, and I've just tried to like stick with certain things that uh, make it synonymous with one, one another. So you're big into like the branding thing, it becomes important. Absolutely. I think um, that has been like my biggest asset and, and maybe even what makes me stand apart from like other just good wrestlers. I mean, at the end of the day, a virtuoso is just an individual with like good technical ability. All I'm saying is I'm a good wrestler and <laughs> I made it sound fancy. Um, but the way I've been able to brand myself and then expand on that um, ha- has made me stand out, I think, above all else. So you're two time knockouts champion. How has the second reign been different from the first? Yeah, I think I think the first day I was kind of just again going on the fly and and not afraid to make mistakes and just seeing what 
being a champion felt like because that was the first time I've ever been a champion. I've never won a championship up until this point um, on such a high level. So uh, every day I was growing and, and I still am, but it was kind of like, how do I take it to that next level? And with every pre-tape, with every in-ring, with every match, it was um, to raise the bar and kind of get myself to believe in myself that I can really, really do this and, and sink my teeth into it. So, um, you know, now that I'm in my second reign, it's kind of like, I know what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I'm really confident in, in everything that I do. And I think that shines through even more so this time around. Holding and having and wearing a belt is kind of cool, right? Do you have it with you? Oh, I, lo I love it. You're the, so first, cool. you're the first person <laughs> to be on an interview to actually bring the belt. <laughs> you know, we're, so my, my spare room that we're in is kind of like my office and I, I do all my work here and my homework and stuff. Um, and I, I have a replica made. So it usually sits right next to the replica and then it gets packed when we leave for tapings. But I put it next to me just in case someone asked. I do have it. <laughs> I, I love it. Do you sometimes put it on with other outfits? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you don't get dressed to go out for the night and be like, yeah, let me see what the belt looks like. Just, you know, you know. it's New Year's. I'm going to bring the belt. No, no, no. It, it kind of just sits in here. And when I need it, I need it. If I don't want to say that you're going to misplace it, but if you were ever going to bring the belts with you somewhere and accidentally lose it, where do you think you would lose it? Oh, gosh. I lose everything. Um, okay, so, so perfect. I've Right. And I've had those nightmares that it's like I'm at TV and it's hard to kill. And I'm like, I don't have the belt because I left it at home or because I have the replica made. It's like, oh, man, I brought the replica, not the real one. Um, so that's a legitimate fear of mine. And I'd probably lose it like at the grocery store. I would lose my brain if that was possible. <laughs> does, does the belt get packed first? Yes. So I don't need it. Yeah. OK. And have you ever <laughs> have you ever been traveling and been like, oh, my God, did I bring the belt? No, because I swear that's the first thing I put in my bag because I'm just, I'm like cognizant of the human that I am and how forgetful I am. And this is like the most important accessory I could ever have. And, um, you know, to be able to bring it home meant a lot to me um, and to be responsible for it. I can't tell you how much it meant to me for them to be like, okay, you can bring it home now. And I, I cannot leave it. And then them be like, oh, you're not fit to be a champion because <laughs> I forgot the, my championship. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh it's the most important thing in the world to me. Be honest. Do you sleep with it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was cool to come home with it the night after uh, Slammiversary. Do you, do you sometimes just stare at it? Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, like, we're in my, my office room, and it just sits on, on the dresser. And I mm. every time I come in here, I get to look at it. You're talking to, <laughs> like, I'm a belt geek from when I was, like, a little kid. And when I was a kid, so in the back of the, like, after mags, they would have the ads for the real belts. And I would like try to convince my parents they were like 175 to like $225. And I was like 10 years old. And they're like, we're not buying a 10 year old kid, a $225, you know, wrestling belt. So like, I always kind of like wonder, so I still like draw my own and make my own. Right. Did you ever do that as a kid? Just like make up your own wrestling stuff? Um, we were lucky enough that when I was a kid, we, they made the foam ones that were like sold at Walmart or Kmart right. or wherever. Um, so my brother and I, we had one tag title belt and then we had um, the World Heavyweight Championship belt and they were foam ones and we used to beat the crap out of each other with those or like have little wrestling matches in our basement and like jump off the couch and drop an elbow on the, the box that we built like um, and then fight for those foam championships. I really just aged myself by saying that they didn't exist when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, we didn't have them. We made them out of wood. And 
<laughs> like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and pretend that I didn't age myself right there. Uh, did your brother want to be a wrestler? Um, not a professional wrestler. He played football. He wrestled on like the high school team. Um, but he never was like, I'm gonna be a pro wrestler. He actually says that like I became so obsessed with it that I ruined it for him. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like once I really got into it, he was like, you're too into this, and I'm over it. But we're twins, so I feel like I just ruin everything for him anyway. <laughs> why, are, why are siblings such jerks? <laughs> Honestly, though, like being a twin, we shared everything. So it was kind of like, I think I infiltrated his like one thing. And then he was kind of like, you're crazy about this. And I'm over it, um, which is how our whole childhood went. Honestly. <laughs> now, did you get into it to like kind of be closer to him or were you really like hardcore into it? I was like hardcore into it. Like I, I started watching wrestling um, like on accident and there was like one night uh, that I was like actually grounded and I wasn't allowed to be watching TV, but I came down and he was watching wrestling and I was like, oh, what is this? And like stone cold hit someone over the head <laughs> with a chair. And I was like, who would do something like that to someone? Oh my God. And from that minute, I was just like, I, everything about this, I need to know what it is. Um, so I didn't know until like I saw the women wrestle and stuff like that, that like I could become a wrestler. But once I saw the women do it, I was like, I can do that one day. If I could learn how to do that, I could be good at that. And it's, and it's crazy because when you grew up, I mean, there were, there were female wrestlers, but not to the extent of the women's division in each federation now that they have. Yeah, it, it was, you know, the bra and panties matches or the bikini contests and the pillow fights. And like, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can't, you can't take anything away from that because that was a stepping stone to build what we're building today. Right. right. But it just got me to the point of like, mm, I want to change this perception and I want to learn this sport and, and perfect my craft and be a real wrestler. Um, I never wanted to be a diva. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. So um, once I kind of, I grew up with that, I, I turned 18 and I went to wrestling school because I was like, I'm going to help change that perception. So we go back to 20 years. You said they had the, like the bra and panties, that kind of stuff. You look at women's wrestling now. Do you think maybe in 20 years we could have like federations that are just all women or all women night of like, let's say, let's say impact has, you know, women Thursday or whatever, you know, do you yes. think that kind of move that way? Because I'm, I'm thinking that even more younger girls are going to be into it because they see women like yourself wrestling. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I think as women, that's always our hope is like, you know, WWE had, you know, Evolution, which was the first all women's pay-per-view. Impact has done, you know, Knockouts, Knockdowns, which um, early in my career I got to be a part of. So um, they've had all women's pay-per-views forever, you know, and um, to to see that all these companies are taking these steps to really put women's wrestling at the forefront, like just warms my heart because that's all I wanted. And to know that women are growing up seeing, um, you know, me be the impact knockouts champion, but then also be considered wrestler of the year. And to be able to see Jordan Grace compete in X division matches. And, um, you know, to be in a company that really lets women be in every facet uh, in every division of their company, um, I hope inspires little girls to know that they can, they can do what we're doing and, and there'll be new levels to it that we can't even imagine today. I love it. So uh, I put together a little quick uh, list of questions to ask you. I call it the 10 count. You're the first person that's going to do this with me. Ooh, okay. So a lot of them are Jersey based because I want to, you know, kind of get the Jersey thing going. But so yeah. the first question off the, I mean, the first answer off the top of your head, you got to give it to me. Okay. You ready? All right. No, number one, is it called pork roll or Taylor ham? Taylor ham. No. Oh, oh no. Oh no. 
Oh, okay. All right. I won't hold that against you. I won't hold it against you. <laughs> Number two, best beach in New Jersey. Best pizza? Best beach. Oh, best beach. Um, Seaside Park. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go back. Best pizza. Oh, best pizza is Benny Tadino's in Hoboken. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> number three, is it called the beach or the shore? Oh, the shore. Okay. Is it called, uh, number four, is it called sauce or gravy? Gravy. Thank you. See, people aren't <laughs> going to understand that. Like, so all my friends who were not Italian, I would say like my mom's making pasta and gravy and they would think brown gravy. And yes. I'm not, no, like that's not how we say it. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's because our grandparents couldn't say sauce or just didn't want to say sauce. So I've heard that sauce is um, without meat and then gravy is with meat. That was never a thing in my house. It was okay. just always gravy. I'm making, you know, pasta and gravy. Um, I don't know, but I will call it gravy until the day I die and I will fight with it until the day I die. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, you got back points. You lost it on the Taylor Ham thing. But I'm going to give you points back with the uh, that one. Okay, you ready? Uh, here's a fun little F. Mary kill. Twitter, Ooh. Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok? Oh, um, we could kill TikTok because I have no idea how to use it. <laughs> okay. um, and then Instagram or Twitter? Yeah. I think I would marry Instagram. All right. And then F. Twitter. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, so back to the championship belts. Do you have like a favorite championship belt ever? Um, no, not really. I, I, I guess I would say like the original, um, you know, WWE Women's Championship. Just um, it was the because first. that's kind of the first one that I grew up kind of knowing and recognizing. Right. Um, but I'm not like a crazy belt person like that. If like they <laughs> if they let you design the next one, would you be into it? I don't think I want that responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> really? You don't get to design the whole, like, and you get to be the one that designed it? Okay. All right. I know. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> Number seven. What are, you been, what are you binge watching right now? Oh, um, New Girl. I love it. Yeah. I'm almost Great. finished. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm only on season, like, two, like, end of two. Oh, okay. So I just, I won't spoil it for you, but I'm just at the end of season six. Now that you just started from the beginning, like this isn't your second time around or anything. No, no, no. I had, ne I had never seen it before. Okay. And what made you choose that? Um, I just am like running out of things to binge watch on Netflix. And I was just kind of like, this popped up as something I might like. So let's give it a try. And then um, I really, really like it. And Zoe Deschanel is hilarious. So was it a lot easier to binge watch stuff back when you used to like travel more and you're on the road more? And um, I feel like in the last like you know year with quarantining and not being able to do very much like I've been watched so much mm -hmm. um just because what else is there to do like I had never seen um Breaking Bad so we watched that I had never then seen Better Call Saul which is like the the next one um so we binge watched that um which is still running so we still watch weekly um I watched The Kingdom on Netflix which is like a like a UFC MMA kind of style show um what else have I watched I rewatched The Ranch because I loved that. I rewatched Queen's Gambit. No, I haven't seen that. That's another one that I heard is pretty good. Like that, okay. they sold out. They sold out of chessboards because so many people watched it. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah I so. feel like, and then yeah, just like the last two years, I've really gotten into Netflix and like Sons of Anarchy is my all-time favorite series. 
um, One Tree Hill, things like that. I was never, I watched wrestling as a kid. So I've missed all of these things, you know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the good thing. Are you a, <laughs> are you the TV watcher, the iPad watcher or the phone watcher? Oh, um, I'm definitely a TV watcher now, um, but I, I have an iPad. And I used to, when I first started binge watching, it would be on my iPad. Okay. Uh, number eight, which exercise do you hate the most? Um... I really, really hate the Stairmaster, but I secretly really, really love it. Um, <laughs> okay. Otherwise I hate abs, I, I, which is like, you know, I, I get crap for not having abs all the time, but like, I hate to do abs. I, I do them and I absolutely hate them. Time out, who gives you crap for not having abs? <laughs> I mean, yeah, why I would get rid of Twitter if I could. Um, oh, you mean just, random, random, random trolls on Twitter say this to you? Uh, oh yes, and like, I don't care, but I just thought it was a funny answer to like be like, people are like, you're out of shape and she hates to do abs, I see why. Um, but I also really don't care what they say because I do the goddamn abs, okay? Yeah, yeah, like, cause <laughs> I, re I remember that time Stone Cold won with his abs. Like, I don't understand, right. <laughs> like, I don't, okay. I won't, I, won't, I won't get into the trolls on Twitter. Uh, number nine, your dream opponent. Ooh. Um, all time, I'm sorry, all time. Could be now, Tr could be then. Stratus. Okay. All right, yeah. um, so you're okay. Uh, she'll probably go over. You're okay with that? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um, number 10, I did not have, but for no, I don't know why I didn't write number 10. So let's go with number 10. Let's talk about the pay-per-view. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, uh, any last trash talk you wanna do? Uh, you know, I, I feel like Ty Valkyrie gets super loud on, on social media and she likes to answer a lot of fans and, and throw little digs um, about how she's going to humiliate me. Um, people like this is, is what I've been facing for my entire career. People that underestimate me and think, uh, you know, she's a good wrestler, but that's it. And I think that on, you know, these big nights, like I did at Slamversary, like I did at, um, you know, Bound for Glory and at Turning Point, Hard to Kill is just another big event that I get to stake my claim as, as wrestler of the year, match of the year contender. I shine under the highest pressure. And, uh, you know, I, I continue to have something to prove against these people that um, want to humiliate me. It's not going to happen, um, but I am looking forward to her trying so I can happily break her arm. Okay. Uh, and then one last question. How many times do you like to work wrestler of the year into a casual conversation? Oh, all the time. <laughs> it's just like, like, you know, people come over and I'm just like, Talking, 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 but you know, I'm wrestler of the year, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, good luck, <laughs> good luck. And I hope you, I hope you win and I hope you remember your belt. Thank you so much. <laughs> I will definitely remember the championship. <laughs> <laughs>